this morning for giving back to God, you are going to hear from Gian Simonetti. He is a sophomore at Tampa Prep. He was one of 18 of us that went on our mission trip to Ethiopia this summer, and you're going to hear a reflection from him, and you'll very much hear his heart. Hi, everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Gian. Uh, I went on the trip to Ethiopia this summer, and I think this trip was a really, really amazing experience. Um, the day that the trip started at the airport, we were all told that we would have some life-changing experiences, and I really do believe that that happened. Um, this trip taught me two really big things. The first one was to um, show more empathy towards people, and the second one was to just be grateful for everything that we have in general. Um, with empathy, um, we've all been told at one point or another in our lives, like, there's people in Africa without food, without water, without a home, and you don't really understand how true that is until you actually go and see it for yourself. Um, some of them really do have nothing. Some of the Young Life um, campers that we met, they just walked in with a pair of shoes and some clothes, and that was all. Um, they have so many different challenges that we don't have here in the U.S., and that kind of goes into being grateful for everything that we have here, too. We've got a home. We've got a church to go to every Sunday. We've got friends. We've got family that are all healthy. We have a good education, and some of them up there don't have any of that. So we just have to understand under, understand that what we have is um, is we're, we're lucky to have what we have. And throughout this trip, I also feel as if I've been or if I got more connected to God as well. Um, we had these things every morning called quiet time, where we would get a piece of paper and it would have a Bible verse on it and a little description of that verse and kind of like how it related to what we were going to do that day. Um, so we would all spread out and go into different rooms and we would just read the verse and we would have sometimes a few minutes, sometimes even half an hour just to spend by ourselves, no distractions, no phones, just with us and God. And we would, we would just sit there and just have our moments and before the trip, I I never, I never really really prayed that much. I honestly wasn't really sure if I if I believed in God. Um, and before then, like there were times that we didn't come to church, we didn't pray. And after that, and after seeing everything that I saw this summer, I started praying most nights. I'm working on doing it every night. Um, sometimes even throughout the day, I pray at school and. I didn't do that before, and I come to church now really often. I'm speaking about this. I've even, I've even got a cross necklace now. Um, but this trip has taught me a lot, of, a lot of things, and I'm really grateful for it. And the group of people that we went with were all amazing, and I am so grateful for that opportunity this summer. Look what's happening in Gian's heart. And when you give back to God, you're investing in him and you're encouraging him now to grow in his new relationship with Jesus. And you're not only impacting him, you're impacting people all the way across the pond in Africa. My heart is so full of gratitude for you, First Pres. God is using you in big ways. So thank you for giving back to God with so much joy.
I'm gonna go ahead and sing back up for this next one. We'll dim the lights on the stage. And this, this song is um, a great reminder of God who's in control and that he is a rescuer. And when we get to the bridge, we're gonna be singing, in my life, be lifted high, in our world, be lifted high, in our love, be lifted high. And as we were talking about Ethiopia today and, and just God's big mission, uh, let's sing that together as we are worshiping the God who is lifted high. Lights down a little bit on the stage, thank you.
come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. privilege there it is <laughs> nothing like turning your mic on on your back I have the privilege of presenting to you a video that will give you a snapshot of our trip to Ethiopia this summer our group 18 of us teenagers young professionals adults of all ages had the privilege of doing two major things one serving at an orphanage with little children it was actually two different orphanages doing vacation Bible school type activities with them. But our major focus was to serve at a Young Life camp where 350 teenagers would come into camp. You're going to see on this video that they're coming into camp, coming down a hill, many of them with nothing but the shirt on their back. You're also going to see that we experienced African hospitality. It's like Southern hospitality on steroids. People living in a one-room home invited us in groups of five into different homes to enjoy a coffee ceremony. It was an extraordinary gift because they have nothing. But what you will see is extraordinary hospitality when they do a coffee ceremony. And Ethiopians are very proud of the fact that coffee started there. And then lastly, you'll see at the end the Young Life Africa staff and leaders circling around us, praying for us, singing over us, all in Amharic, all at the same time. It sounded like angels. We were in tears because we were on our knees in the middle of the room. I hope this video gives you a picture of our experience. <laughs>
የሚል ነገር ነው እና ስለ እግዚአብሔር ልነግራችሁ ስለ እግዚአብሔር ላወራችሁ Now, I have the privilege of introducing to you Ashlyn Canella, who went on the trip. She is a senior at the Academy of the Holy Names and just an amazing First Pres member who is, you've heard me say this about you before, is always one of the first people to respond to need in our church anytime it's announced. You will love hearing from Ashlyn.
start talking about really my journey of service so at some point during my sophomore year I think I began serving others more joyfully and I think that it's no coincidence that this is when I began going to church more regularly as well and since then I began exploring what service means to me and how to serve others one at a time and service to me used to just be fulfilling what was asked of me so that I could help the other employees or the other volunteers for my physical help, but now service to me is more than that. It's also serving those one at a time, serving them joyfully. And while it is important that we physically help others, I think it's so important too that we genuinely connect with the people that we are serving because we recognize that these connections have a higher purpose and we're spreading God's love to everybody. And that's really become my favorite part, because just as Jesus served all of those people one at a time, we too are called to model this. And when I reflect back on my time in Ethiopia this summer, all of it was really so amazing. But one, one part really sticks out to me the most, and I'll always remember it. On the last day of our trip, we went to the state-run orphanage that was really different than the rest. And there were so many children there, there were so few staff, and it was crazy to see all the children. Almost all the kids had some kind of disability, and that's why their parents left them on the streets, and it was heartbreaking, it was really sad, and what was crazy to see was to children with polio crawling on the floors, with such a smile on their faces to still see us. And when we were there, we brought beads and Adam and Eve coloring sheets, and everyone that was there was doing these activities, except for this one child who was probably seven. He was just standing in the middle of the room, looking up at the ceiling, looking at everything around him. And I was really busy in this moment. I was thought I was supposed to be helping with the coloring sheets, so I asked somebody else if they could go sit with him, and that didn't really work. And so. A few moments later, I still see him standing in the middle of the room, and now I just knew I had to go over. And I went over and I started talking to him, and I'm not sure what his disability was, but he was nonverbal, and he was still looking around, and for some reason, I decided to just rub his shoulders softly, just moving my thumbs over his shoulders, and immediately he closes his eyes, he smiles really big, and he starts swaying back and forth. And before this moment, I had been worrying about how I was serving and whether or not I was doing enough. But now I felt complete peace. I knew what I was doing was right. And I realized how little this kid must be shown love. For the rest of my time there, I sat with him on the middle of the floor. And when I hugged him, he buried his head into my chest. And not only did I feel so much joy and had such a true feeling of purpose during this moment, but I knew that this kid must be so happy to feel this love because not all the workers there can provide this for him. And when I look back on this event, I realize what an amazing gift from God it is that I'm able to understand how powerful it is to rely on God and really trust in his will and everything that he's doing for us. And I'd been so worrying. I'd been so worried about what I was doing, whether or not it was right, and how I was doing everything that I wasn't letting myself be fully present in the moment. 
I wasn't trusting God's plan for me on this trip, but he showed me in the greatest way through that little boy that I needed to calm down and I needed to trust in him. And when we aim to be like Jesus every day, when we serve those one at a time, so many great gifts come from everyone around us, from God, because when we serve all of those people, we serve everyone and those who we're serving with pure joy more than just physically helping them, we're making genuine connections. And when a simple interaction, any interaction, it's an example of Christ's love and it can truly change the lives of the people that we are serving. So, wow. And now I get to introduce to you Corey Gibbons Jr. He is a bivocational pastor. He works full-time for a local insurance company, but he also serves the church. It's called the Rock of Ages Missionary Baptist Church in St. Pete. And uh, he, is a, he was a rock on our trip. And we're so grateful for you, Corey. Come on up. Good morning, First Prez. Good morning. Good morning. It is a blessing to be back in the house of the Lord and back here at First Prez with each of you. Uh, I thank my friends Fitz and Kathy uh, for inviting me to share my testimony with you all this morning. Uh, and I also thank Kathy for inviting me to attend uh, this mission trip. Uh, for it was transformational. Now, I am a Baptist minister, so if you've ever been to a Baptist church, you know we stay in church a little bit longer than Presbyterians. Uh, so for the sake of time, I've actually prepared my remarks. <laughs> Mission trips allow us to make a difference in the lives of others and create a more compassionate world. Through service, we learn the value of empathy, understanding, and working together for the greater good. Mission trips allow us to step outside of our comfort zones, immerse ourselves into different cultures, and gain a broader perspective on global issues. We embody the spirit of unity, equality, and love by engaging in mission trips. Mission trips are the perfect opportunity to see God's work and to learn what needs exist beyond our everyday reality. The most recent trip that we took to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, Africa, or the motherland as we like to call it affectionately, was no exception. So often we see church mission work reduced to just Habitat for Humanity-style project building, fast food, excuse me, food drives, or even vacation Bible study programs. Those are all great things, but this was not one of those mission trips. We traveled 21 hours by plane overseas to share the good news of the gospel. With our African brothers and sisters, we were able to fellowship for eight days. Our group was able to attend a local church, donate personal hygiene items, serve children at two different orphanages, and provide entertainment to young life camp attendees from across Western Ethiopia. Now, I must admit, brothers and sisters, before departing for Africa, I was unsure how all of this would work out. But I knew that I had one mission at heart, and that was to serve God. We spent a few days staying at the young life camp with a, in a very remote part of Ethiopia. While we were there, we had the opportunity to fellowship with 300-plus young lifers who traveled from across villages in Western Ethiopia to hear God's word, many for the very first time. Some of these teens, as you saw, came to camp with a bag with one or two outfits for the weekend. Others came with nothing at all, nothing but the clothes on their back and the shoes on their feet. 
in our small group discussions that we had, we got to hear about the persecution that many of these teenagers faced, many in their own families, just for professing the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These teenagers could have been spending their summer breaks outside of school doing anything, but they were here at Young Life Camp learning about Jesus. Their hunger and their thirst for God's word did something inside of me. Their meekness humbled me, and I immediately was forced to face my own harsh realities of American greed. I have everything, but here I am consistently longing for more. But these people who have nothing are perfectly content with just having Jesus. I really had to reassess my priorities in life, and I refused to return back to America the same way that I left. Right there in the middle of that camp meeting, Jesus spoke to my heart, and he said, leave it. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that I had to be obedient. I was reminded that whom much is given, much is required. So I talked to Kathy, and she gathered all of our first crew together, our first press crew together, and Young Lifers as well, and we gathered about five or six duffel bags worth of clothes and shoes, our own items that we traveled over there with. We decided to leave it because we knew that these teenagers could use that stuff more than we could. We spent time between two orphanages where we produced a biblical skit about Adam and Eve. We did arts and crafts with some of the smaller kids. Many of these orphans suffered from leprosy, polio, cancer, HIV, and other debilitating diseases. Several children had been thrown in trash dumps or abandoned on the streets by, by their birth parents who were unwilling to care for them because of their disabilities, all because it brought shame and reproach to the family. We refuse to let these kids' physical disabilities prevent us from showing them love. As Ashlyn shared, we showed affection to each child that was there. There was a little girl that I was playing with who would not let me go. She was no more than two years old. You can tell that she had probably never received a loving embrace or a hug a day in her life. The tears that I cried when I knew that I had to leave her, it broke my heart. It broke my heart to think that due to restrictive Ethiopian laws, inter-country adoptions are not currently possible between Ethiopia and America. So here I am, I had to leave this poor little girl to suffer alone when I could have given her a home in America filled with love. Our group left both orphanages, filled, both orphanages with large donations of children medication and also clothing. Resources were limited and scarce. We had to make do with what we had. We had to disconnect from our cell phones, technology. The reduced interruption increased our willingness to be there and to live in the moment. Now, you may be asking myself, why do you travel to other countries far away from home when there's so much work to be done here in America? Well, I think it was Oswald Smith who said that no one has the right to hear the gospel twice until everyone has heard it at least once. In Matthew 28, we have been tasked with a great commandment, perhaps the greatest commandment of them all to go ye therefore, and to teach all nations. What are we to teach? We are to teach what Jesus Christ taught. We are to teach about the truth of man and his sins, about God, his holiness, his judgment, his love, about Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his redemption, and his coming again. We are to teach that death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We are to teach that, oh, like sheep, we have gone astray, and we have strayed man in every way. We are to teach that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father except by him. We are to teach that man is a sinner and Christ is the Savior, and that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. 
We are to teach and preach Christ virgin born, Christ crucified, Christ risen, and Christ coming again. And I find that when we teach and preach the person of Christ, that his promise is validated. And he said that if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Our mission trip to Ethiopia, we witnessed this demonstrated. As people from all religious backgrounds, from all walks of life, found common ground at the foot of Jesus Christ. And then there is the glorious assurance in God's word that, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. This is the blessed assurance of victory. This is the blessed assurance that this ministry here at First Pres, that the ministry of young life is a lasting and abiding ministry that will have a lasting and abiding effect, not just here in Tampa, not just in the United States, but throughout the entire world. Thank you, and God bless you. Preach it, brother. Seriously. Well, for the last couple of Sundays, we have been saying as a church that we want to be an Acts 1-8 church. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is like Jesus saying, you will be my witnesses in Tampa, in the southeast, all over the United States, and beyond to the ends of the earth. That is why Fitz and I want every single one of you in this church, every adult, every teenager, and every child to go on a mission trip, whether it's a local mission trip here in Tampa or beyond to the ends of the earth. And Jesus is going to tell us this morning what happens when we do. Join me in Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. And when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. You just heard Jesus' job description. And in fact, you also just heard 
our job description. When Jesus walked into worship that day, it not only revealed who he is and the scope and the shape of his ministry, but it revealed who we are and what we are about as his church. This job description reveals God's heart. It reveals his heart for the poor, for the oppressed, for those who are blind and those who are captive. And all of it, both physically and spiritually. And we love that. We love that until scripture and the Bible messes with our lives and points to us. We love knowing that the spirit of the Lord is on me or in me. That's what happens when we begin a relationship with Jesus. He takes up residence in us. But the thought that he might also be sending us like he sent Jesus can be intimidating. It's a daunting thing to believe. It's a daunting thing to consider. But as followers of Jesus, he is asking us to claim this and own it. So we're going to do that. From this half of the room over, I want you to look at the other half of the room, the people over here. You can look at them. And I want you to say, I want you to say this. The Spirit of the Lord is in you. Tell them. And I want you on this side, halfway down and over, to look at them and say, The Spirit of the Lord is in you. I love the pointing. <laughs> Point to them and say, The Lord has appointed you. Point back and say, The Lord has appointed you. Now, this side say, To bring good news to the poor. And this side say, to proclaim release for captives. And all of us boldly say, and the oppressed will be set free. And the oppressed will be set free. Now that is some kind of a job description, isn't it? It's humbling. And as Ashlyn spoke to, we often think, surely there's someone smarter or more faithful that God could choose. But just as God sent Jesus, be assured, God is sending us with the spirit of Jesus in us to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release for those who are captive. Now, right away, we can see that this job description right here is way over our heads. I mean, we don't have what it takes. No news there. We barely even know what to do. No news there. But our group in Ethiopia, we soon discovered that God chooses to use you and me in our weaknesses, 
in our frailties so that everyone can see that it's God's strength, God's love, God's compassion, and his power at work in us. Because we all know that our own strength, our own love, and our own compassion can only go so far, right? So it is Christ in us that makes God's presence real in the world. It's Christ in us that makes God's presence real in Tampa. It's Christ in us that makes God's presence real in your neighborhood, even in your family. And it's Christ in us that makes God's presence real, even to the ends of the earth, even all the way to a trash dump on the edges of the city of Addis Ababa, where we stayed. There is a massive trash dump. And we drove by that trash dump on our way to the Young Life camp where we would then be serving 325 teenagers coming to hear about Jesus for the first time. What we didn't know was that people live in the trash dump. People like Sente, a 28-year-old Young Life staff member who grew up in that trash dump and who we met because he brought teenagers who also live in the trash dump to camp. Those were the ones you saw in the video, as, as they mentioned before, that had nothing except the clothes they were wearing and the shoes on their feet, some of which their toes were poking out of. Sente told us that there are massive numbers of people living with leprosy in this trash dump. And that it is an angry, violent place to grow up where death is a daily occurrence and where every child and adult has to forage in the trash dump to find something to eat every day. And they have to forage in the trash dump to find things that they could barter or sell. I want you to see a painfully true video of the trash dump. What you're going to see is happening right now while we're sitting here. And then a picture. Sente was orphaned when his mother died of leprosy. And then he just started running with other kids with knives in their hands and all kinds of hate in their hearts. Until some Young Life leaders started coming into the trash dump to love those kids, to build relationships 
with those kids and to care for them. And at First Pres, we know, don't we, that real relationships lead to real transformation. So these Young Life leaders wanted Sente and their friends to know that they had not been forgotten, not by Jesus and not by them. Because when you grow up in a trash dump, it's not hard to believe that you are as disposable as the trash that you're living in. Sente soon became a follower of Jesus. Fast forward to today, Sente now has a family of his own. And you're not going to believe this. He's, he has become an Acts 1-8 guy. He has returned to the trash dump to love teenagers there who are convinced that they are worthless so that they might come to know the one who treasures them, Jesus, and who has loving purposes for their lives. That's what happens when the body of Christ knows that they are Acts 1-8 people and they're willing to go to the ends of the earth, even all the way to a trash dump. Because Jesus reminds us of what happens when we do, that the oppressed will be set free. So that's the plan. We are the plan. That's the plan for Tampa. Us. And when we shrink back from it, certainly when I shrink back from it, I make it about me. When we shrink back, fear can begin to dominate our willingness to be sent. And then we start living small. We start thinking small. So for the last 17 years, we as a church have been going to Africa to serve a long young life in Africa. And some might say, that we've made a difference, albeit a small difference given the magnitude of need on that continent. We have built a home. We built a preschool. We dug wells. We brought supplies. We constructed a road so that people could safely get in and out of a community. We even constructed a fence surrounding an entirely huge campus of a secondary school. We equipped soccer teams. We equipped schools. Yet, we didn't move the needle on the high mortality rate. We didn't make a dent in unemployment. Yet, year after year, we kept showing up to come alongside the Young Life staff, to equip them, to encourage them so that they might reach more teenagers, teenagers who have absolutely no hope on that continent about their future with the hope of Jesus Christ. So friends, the Spirit of the Lord is in you. You know that already. But he has also appointed you and he is sending you just like he sent Jesus. Amen.
because of the lateness of the hour, let me just ask you to leave with that sense in, in your heart that you're not just being sent out the door. You're being sent to be his people in the world. And may God bless you for it. Have a great day. Amen. Amen.